Welcome back, community group leaders, to this episode of The Deeper Podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us again this week as we continue our series in Jude. And this week, we're joined again by Joe. Joe, welcome. Hey, everyone. Glad you're here again. Thank you. And then we're joined with uh, by a special guest, Bill Hess, one of our elders here. Bill, welcome. Yeah, thank you. So, Bill, uh, have you been on the Deeper Podcast before? One, one other time. Okay, one other yeah. time. So this is your second time. Yes. Well, one of the things we like to do is, um, as we have people that aren't on as often, just to get to know them a little better. So share with us a little bit, what has this season been like for you? What have been some some highs, some lows going on for you? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, life. Life goes on, right? Uh Long after the thrill of living is gone. That's yes. right. Okay. Sorry. That's an old John Cougar Maryland camp. Okay. Go back to that, Bill. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just uh, like with my uh, my wife, her her uh, her mom died recently, and so we're co- mm-hmm. going through a time of uh, of grief, which is going to happen in everyone's life. And and then the other day, uh, my my son, my youngest son, Joe, had him and his wife, Cadence, had a baby, and so. <laughs> You know, just uh, like I said, things in life happen, the highs and the lows, and uh, both of them require a different level of trust and faith mm-hmm. as we go through those. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Joe's uh, son, what's his name? Uh, Josiah Sebastian. Josiah Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> and how many grandkids do you guys have now? Uh, three, six, seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How many boys? How many girls? Uh, two. Two boys and there are five girls. Okay, yeah. man. Well, that's so exciting. Yeah. So happy for them. Yeah. Uh, another thing that happened this week that involved all of us was we had a, a team leader retreat. And then with that's that, right. we had the elders there as mm-hmm. part of that. So I thought just maybe we could peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, Joe, just give a pic- big picture vision of... What was the purpose of that time? What were some of the things that, that we so talked about? So once a year, we get away as a staff uh, lead team and just talk about the realities happening in our lives, as well as things happening in our ministries, where we're headed as a church. And uh, this was the first year, but Brian really recommended having the elders join us out there. We were over at Mill Mill Creek, the conference center there. Yep. And so the elders came out. We had dinner together and uh, prayed together and shared. Uh, Brian had us write our own letters to the church at Fellowship Bible Church, modeling that which um, the letters of the angels to the churches, the seven churches in Revelation. And so it was really good. We saw some really cool themes on that, but even more than just seeing that and hearing our hearts for uh, God's church here at Fellowship was the relational connection we had. Really felt it yeah. was a, a unifying evening together. Yeah. Bill, being an elder, what was it like for you to come in? What were some of your takeaways? I was, I th- we were, I think we, we were honored that they, we were invited in to uh, this time as we get away. And I, I agree with Joe. Uh, there's something about uh, praying with someone and then also hearing their heart as mm-hmm. they, as they prayed about what does God have for the church that is, uh, binds people together and, and brings unity mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's strength in unity. So yeah, it was very good. Yeah, definitely lots of themes throughout it, but definitely there was a desire to be spirit-led mm-hmm. and definitely a desire yep. for us to be unified. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. you know, elder team, pastoral team, you know, church mm-hmm. body, all those different things. So, so yeah. you're on staff. What was your perspective? Uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed all of it. I enjoyed the, the like you guys said, the personal sharing, the discussions, um, and yeah, just like I said, a desire to be spirit led as we continue into different seasons of, of ministry and life and, and um, spirit to be unified. Too. Spirit, spirit dependent, absolutely. Yeah. 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 
So no, it was a really, really good time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's go to uh, our passage this week, which um, it, it requires a bum 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 introduction a too as we get into it. So you're, I set the stage for for the big idea. And uh, I guess my, another question I had is, did you have to study a little extra for this week than others? Or, or was that maybe not true? I, I, I read and I was I like, man, where is he going to go I with I did this? a ton of research because these are, these are like tethering out yes. across the yes. Old Testament on key stories that you need to understand to really understand what <laughs> yes. he's trying to do with them. Um, but yes, this is a major warning, a call of warning, and um, he uses the past-present perspective. So this happened in the pre- in the past. If it's happening in the present, this is what's going to happen. This, these are the people who did this in the past. These people who are among you are doing the same. Mm-hmm. And so it was a call to, as we remember, contend with the faith, to contend the, the challenges of faith and challenges of compromise that they were being tempted with as a church that Jude wrote to, and uh, a call to be faithful and to contend it. And here through our run through this, this, after, or this morning— um, it was really called out, and I had a kind of a new way to teach it from that time of uh, just having hearing different feedback from people. But here's how I'm going to teach it. I'm going to I'm going to show how the unfaithfulness and the rebellion and the lack of sensitivity to sin and just kind of being consumed by it in Sodom and Gomorrah and the other stories shared with it. Um, they always had a faithful. They had a faithful presence amidst an unfaithful. Presence, right. And so that's how I'm going to be calling believers to understand that those same threats are there for you today, but you need to be one of that minority reports that stand up and live in contrast to the culture around you. Okay, let's dive into some questions then. So here we go. Okay. First one is, where in your life do you need to exercise faith? Where in your life do you need to exercise faith? Okay, so for that one, we were. I'm going to be teaching that um, it goes back to the Old Testament rescue out of Egypt and in the wilderness when they were shown the land, 12 spies went out to give a report, and they basically came back and 10 of the spies said, no way, we can't right. do it. And the people, they got the whole majority report, and they fell away and actually wanted to replace and stone Moses and Aaron, and you have this major intercession by Moses and Aaron to the Lord, and God relents from... from from immediate disaster, but says, as a result, you will not be able to enter the land, which is just ironic that Moses wasn't able to enter the land either because of his lack of faithfulness. Um, And so the, the call was, look, Joshua and Caleb did go into the land because they remained faithful under trial. And we have that question, um, how are we living by faith? Faith has to be exercised. The faith that got them out of Egypt would also need to be exercised to move them into the promised land. Right. And the faith that saves you out of hell and into the promise of Christ needs to be a faith that we live on on a daily basis. Yeah. And so right now, the number one area of faith I'm having to deal with is with my family. Hmm. Um, I uh, have been praying for a child for uh, James and Brady, my my uh, son and his and daughter-in-law, yeah. and uh we have been waiting patiently and persistently through all the roller coaster of those things. And I'm having just to come down back to a place of faith on a daily basis where I say, God, they're yours. And I know they'd be wonderful parents, but, oh, and I really want you to have, uh, you know, give them a, a child, but I'm having to trust in his timing. Yeah. Hmm. Having gone through that journey, I pray yeah. for them persistently. Yeah. And, thank yeah, you. Can, mm-hmm. can empathize. Yep. 
Bill, what about you? What does that look like in this season for you? I was, as I was thinking about this, I, I think it's uh, trusting God for the future, really, as mm. uh, I'm in a different life stage now and uh, recently retired, and so trying to understand what does God have for me is uh, in my role within the church, uh, my role within my family, uh, having faith God is going to provide financially, what are, and what are my responsibilities financially with what God has blessed me with. Um, so it's just a different time of life, and uh, that I, I want to walk faithfully through it, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me in my season of life, it's it's parenting. In the earlier season, it would have mm-hmm. been where James and Brady were at, yeah. but now we actually have kids, and um, now we're trying to navigate through that. So I think within where do I need to exercise faith within parenting is there's kind of lots of different branches within that. One can be um, Judah, our son, just takes a little extra energy, a little extra patience. So how do I have, how do I exercise faith of God allowing us to understand how to parent him, how to lead him, how to instruct him. But in the midst of that too is timing for number three. So we have two right now and we're getting all the paperwork prepared to be able to adopt for number three. But, but you know, do we need to, within this faith, do we need to actually wait a little bit so that we can, you know, let Judah and Lydia get a little older? Or do we need mm-hmm. to say, no, God will give us a strength? You know, just kind of mm-hmm. discerning through that. Um, and then another thing, Judah is four and a half. And so we're trying to have faith about uh, schooling for, for Judah. Mm-hmm. What's the best fit for him? So lots of things within kind of that sure. season of life. Sure. Yeah. All right. Question number two, um, is there a posture of rebellion in you? Is there a posture? Okay, again, this goes off of the passage in verse six that talks about um, angels who would not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He is kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. And what Jude is saying there is, look, even angels who walk outside of God's authority are going to be confronted. And so whatever position you have, however important you feel or not, don't feel, uh, you have to live under, we're called to live under the authority of, of Jesus. And so he, Jesus, again, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess mm-hmm. in heaven and under earth and under the earth, or in, on earth and under the earth, and every time confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so we live under that. And a rebellious attitude is usually expressed um, in dissatisfaction, dissatisfaction in where I'm at in life with where I'd like to be, the pleasure I'm experiencing in life or the pain that I might be experiencing in life. And uh, that dissatisfaction can lead to uh, an attraction for things outside of God's um, authority and way and will for me. And as uh, angels uh, fell, because outside of God's provision and outside of God's authority, they were lured into that. So we also need to be careful on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have anything that jumps up as areas that that looks like in your life? Um, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking as what Joe was talking there, just thinking about, uh, how, uh, rebellion grows out of ungratefulness. And I was just thinking, am mm-hmm. I content in my, in this stage of life? Uh, as I've got a little bit older, I've, I've, I've start to experience pains in certain, mm-hmm. my knees in different places. Am I, you know, am I showing contentment in, in the areas of my life that I'm in now, whether it's physical or, uh, 
levels of importance. Like that, I'm not a not a manager. I'm not defined as my my previous job now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think I'm just challenged by that to to be content in all things, like like Paul said he was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think um, I think there's a lot of things in this world to find comfort, pleasure, and security in mm-hmm. that aren't Christ. And I look at the common temptations in my own life, and we all have them. I mean, even as your pastor, <laughs> 21 years, <laughs> I've had things on the side that have tempted me to um, either be dissatisfied with the way of God or the will of God for me. Mm-hmm. And that will lead me to rebel against him. Mm-hmm. And it will, it will have my reasons. It always has. Rebellion always has its reasons, and some of them are really normal reasons, but they're not godly. Yeah. And so I need to realize the rules apply to me no matter who I am and what position I have. And every day is a day to live in surrender to the leading of, of Christ under the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, for me, you know, is there a posture of rebellion in you? Yes. Yes, de- definitely. Um, I, I think I've talked about this before in some of the other podcasts, just my pace. If my pace is too fast, if I'm getting impatient, if I am can sense discontentment, then there's some sort of rebellion. And it's so interesting, you know, in, in this, it uh, it can be with kids of, okay, yes, I want to have more kids or, oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed with the number of kids I have mm-hmm. or, um, man, God, I want to have more influence, I want to have a larger position or, oh my goodness, I, I really wish some of these things were actually taken off, off my mm-hmm. plate right now, you know? And so it's not always a, a linear thing of always more, but it's some, it, it can go back to that comfort or yeah. um, impatience to have a burden lifted or those types of things. So it can take so many different forms, but in my heart, if I can just tell that I'm impatient, discontent, quickening my pace, I know there's something there of rebellion that's manifesting and, and can be in lots lots of different ways. Yeah. So a question, if you're leading a small group and uh, I don't know that everyone's going to go, boy, I'm a rebellious person and I can tell you the five areas in which I'm rebellious. Yeah. But maybe a better question would be is what do you do when you're discontent there you go. with what that's God good. has already given you? Yep. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you're disappointed in the results of following Jesus, okay? Because those are going to be areas where you rise up and try to control or yes. try to find satisfaction outside of... Yep. Uh, so that's of rebelling that. about from where God has you. Exactly. You know, that's right. Yeah. Right. Which was the rebellion of the angels. Yeah. Yeah. Where they had him. Yeah. 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 That is a great question. All right. I got final question for us. Uh, is there an area of sin you are excusing in your life? Is there an area of sin you're excusing in your life? And John, I know this will be one of the things that you talk about mm-hmm. in your sermon. Um, I mean, do you, is there even a, a different way to modify that question or is, yeah, that, is that, that the question? Yeah, that goes right down into the core of whether or not you can understand <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah. I think maybe a better question would be, what are you tolerating? What are you tolerating that you know God is serious about that or is serious about addressing? So... Just think about our media consumption, how many messages and how media forms you. You spend, I hate to say this, you spend far more time being um, informed of, of the world than you do transformed by the renewing of your mind in the Word of God. 
And the time in the word ultimately needs to build a lens for you to interpret everything you've seen. It's just there is so much more content that's forming us mm-hmm. outside of the word of God. So that normal is not godly. Yeah. And that's that's something no one likes to deal with in their lives. They go, wow, if, if I'm going to be different, I'm going to be in the minority here. I'm not going to see it as most of the world does. And especially if you're a person who lives by peace and a conflict-free relationships or a conflict-free world, this is a messed up world and the gospel's going to confront it. And the the warning label on on Jude is, look, if you aren't sensitive towards sin, it's going to consume you. Yeah. And we see people who just say, this is how life is. This You don't have no understanding. The Bible's irrelevant to current day culture. And in the reality, no way, no way. I mean, if you look at just the effects, and I talked about it last week, of a porn, pornified culture mm. where everyone is objectified and everyone is a transaction. This is you, you satisfy my need and I give you that for this. It's, it's going to destroy people. It's going to eat people up and it's going to really distort the gospel and the value that God has in people. So mm-hmm. I think for me, it's anything that's forming me um, outside of the Word of God and in a, in a different direction than God's way for my life is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as, uh, as we went through that run-through, and I was just thinking about you know, areas I tolerate or areas maybe I'm, I'm blind to, I started just thinking about, okay, what, what, what am I uh, influenced by? Well, it's, you know, social media comes in, you know, podcasts, uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, uh, movies or television. So, uh, media. Um, am I am I influenced? Am I allowing myself to be uh, influenced in a negative way uh, and ignoring things that uh, God would not take pleasure in? Um, and in the same way, even even the news, and and you can come to a point where you uh, you become cynical. And negative, and uh, and and that's a sin in itself because I'm not exercising any faith in God that God's in control and and uh, He has a plan. And so, uh, yeah, I was just multiple thoughts just come to mind about uh, what's influencing me and and my attitude toward it. So, um, yeah, totally agree with what what you guys are saying. I think. Um, I, you, you brought up being blind, and I was thinking, yeah, I want to ask my wife this question about me. Like, what do you what do you think? Am I tolerating that I need to not, or you know, excusing, or that type of thing? But I, I, one of the things that did come to mind is just being um, maybe critical or judgmental of people. Mm-hmm. So especially areas where you feel like you kind of got it figured out. So parenting, don't feel like I've got it figured out. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to judge them. I don't want them to judge me. But other areas that I feel like, no, I think I think I've kind of got this figured out. <laughs> Oh, they, they're doing it the wrong way, you mm-hmm. know? And so mm-hmm. how do I have my, um, my initial lens of, as I go through life, not being, uh, they did that wrong or ugh, why are they not doing it this way or whatever, but more, um, encouraging and asking questions and, you mm-hmm. know, maybe even what, what do I not know about something? How am I entering into humility with it? So right. I think turning, turning down that critical judgmental spirit in areas that I think I've got figured out and leading with, with humility and questions. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Bill, would you pray for our group leaders? Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, Lord, we uh, we just come for you, and we just want to acknowledge and thank you for raising up leaders for these groups, mm-hmm. Father. 
Uh, we pray that you would uh, uh, give them peace as they prepare for these uh, weekend meetings, uh, that you would uh, teach them, that you would give them wisdom and discernment so that they ask wise questions and are sensitive to those who are in the group. Uh, Father, we pray that you would uh, mature and grow these leaders uh, to make them more like yourself, Father. Uh, we're grateful for their humility and willingness to serve, Lord, and we just uh, pray that you'd use them for your purposes, and we just ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Well, groups on the horizon, we got a couple things coming up. So uh, one is our leader training. So it's going to be on January 18th, which is a Thursday evening, 6.30 p.m. in the Stone Bridge. So I'll send out special information, details to, to let you know about that, but just put that on your radar. So next week is going to be our last week of the podcast for this year. Then we'll have that leader training and then uh, in January, and then the podcast will start again uh, in the new year. And we're really excited about just this missional living series and what God has for us in the new year. Um, and then the other thing is next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about our Christmas offering. That's right. So we, uh, we are we are close to getting that all set, but um, yeah, we will share a little bit more with you about what our processes look like within that and why we're so excited about what this year's Christmas offering will be. Joe, you got anything else? Share with groups? Thank you okay. so much. Thank you Pray so much, group leaders. All. We'll see you next time. All right.